from a bar mitzvah at the Wailing Wall in Jerusalem to a temple procession in Taipei. The people of our world are passionate about their beliefs. Are you listening? Tune in to the sounds of your world on Radio Taiwan International. Thanks so much for joining us today here on Radio Taiwan International. Up ahead this hour, it's newsmakers and in the spotlight. But as always, we invite you first to sit back, relax, and enjoy us for a new episode of Here in Taiwan. Welcome to Here in Taiwan. Today is Wednesday, December 15th. That's December 16th if you're joining us on Shortwave. I'm John Van Trieste, and here in the studio with me today is Leslie Liao. Hey, guys. All right, let's have a look at what we're going to talk about today. We're going to, first of all, tell you about a, an update on a story we had last week about a promise that migrant workers or visa overstayers uh, could get vaccinated against COVID without fear of arrest. And uh, unfortunately, one of them was immediately arrested. Also, we're going to be telling you about uh, how many people can get crammed on a scooter in Taiwan. I think we've set a new record. All that coming up next. Please stick around. start off today with Leslie with another update from a recent story. This one about a new special sightseeing bus that roams the streets of Taipei offering tourists a fine dining experience. Yeah, this one blows my mind, John. Um, Taipei just recently rolled out what it called a luxury dining restaurant bus. Um, and this is a re... These are just repurposed double-decker buses and... Um, they're, they, apparently, they cook you gourmet meals on the bus. The that's, bus is equipped with a kitchen. That sounds difficult. That like sounds very difficult. You're bouncing around. Yeah. <laughs> if you hit potholes, that how, that's gonna that's a fire hazard. But apparently, it? that's not much of a concern to a lot of the consumers how because they they're fully it? booked. First of all, how do they fit a kitchen on the bus? That's I there have no idea. There must not be many, very many seats. Um, they say there's 26 seats every every. Every bus, the, every bus ride. Is the lower level just the kitchen? The yeah, the lower level is just the kitchen, okay. and I can't think, I can't imagine that they have much to more serve than people on too. Walking up the yeah, stairs, walking up the stairs, plates and dishes. Um, and not just that, I can only imagine that they have a microwave and some kind of heater. I, I can't imagine there's gas range and oven down there. A microwave? Come on now, Gordon Ramsay would be furious. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he'd be he free. I would love to see Gordon Ramsay <laughs> ride one of these buses and just chew these guys out. Um, what kind of menu do they offer? Uh, they just—they said it was designed by the Regent Hotel in Taiwan, so that's a five-star, like, hotel. Sort of French. Yeah, uh, sort of French. Modern what, fusion. Modern fusion. Uh, so the let me give you an idea of what the menu is. The afternoon tea menu offers roast beef and shrimp brioche. I've never heard of. I don't think of roast beef as being an afternoon tea I guess staple. This is a. a a European. This, is a very heavy, this is a very heavy afternoon tea. Anyway, uh, pistachio macaroon and a strawberry a raspberry madeleines. And full course dinner includes braised wagyu beef cheek with red wine sauce and Caesar salad. You see, I don't really trust a wagyu beef steak cooked in a bus kitchen, is what I'm saying, John. <laughs> bus station wagyu. Yeah, but they're saying. Um, 
there's three buses a day, uh, and you do it from Tuesday. There's din tea and dinner services between Tuesday and Sunday, and uh, Mondays are reserved for corporate and special bookings. So, so you like, have to be very important to get maybe, on Monday. Yeah, Monday. maybe maybe we convince RTI to <laughs> sponsor. Okay, I love that we went to the food first. A very Taiwanese approach. But yeah. what sites does the bus take in? Um, it's just it goes around to it doesn't you don't get off the bus. Right, so all right, you do is what, you just what take. What sites do you pass by? Um, it doesn't really say here. Uh, it must I, not be. That. <laughs> it can't be that. I guess the idea is uh, you're you're too absorbed in your food to notice. Yeah, uh, and they say this idea. The idea for coming up with a restaurant bus is was inspired by other cities like Tokyo, Bangkok, London, and Hong Kong. Well, I've been to all four of those cities and never seen any buses that offer wagyu beef cheek on a bus, no. nonetheless. Yeah, so that's what's happening. But apparently, so, it's very it's very popular because it, it's fully booked now. For how just the first day or? Uh, for the first day, it says for all all available days right now. Oh, yeah. And here's here's an answer to question, John. Right here, it says the 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 bus tour will take off from Taipei City Hall MRT station, which right. is in downtown Taipei. Right. And uh, you go past many of the city's landmarks, such as National Dr. Sun Yat-sen Memorial Hall. But okay. the Sun Yat-sen right Memorial Hall right now is undergoing renovation. Ooh, construction. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> scaffolding. Mm. And you're going to see Taipei 101. Which well, you is, can see that from the departure point. It's pretty much right there. It's from all Taipei right City there. Hall Station. These are the two Anything things else? that uh, it really just indicates. I mean, maybe they'll drive by RTI. I don't know. It's th those two places you mentioned are all right next to where they departed from. It can't be a very long route then. <laughs> yeah, one of those. One of the thing is though, like RTI is the, one of the oldest radio stations in the world. Right. So, well, why I imagine that they do would come past here because right next door to us is another city landmark, the Grand Hotel. Right, is, that's a good call, John. Which is like a really like a giant palace. Yeah, um, and we're also not far from the National Palace Museum. Uh, That's also in the neighborhood, so I imagine they drive by here. Is it a very long? I mean, do do they like kick you off at the end, or do you have time to enjoy your meal? Is it a long route? Do they? Is it like it you, have, you have an hour to finish? Yeah, yeah I'm <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure they serve. They, they this must all be like measured out specifically. I, just, I feel like not just the cooking fire hazard first of all, but eating. Mm. On a bus, on a moving bus, is probably not a terribly five-star experience. And as a guy who's lived in Taiwan for about seven years, some of the bus drivers and their driving abilities are yeah, they're not hired for those. I qualities. don't yeah, I don't think they're, they 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 yeah, they're not hired for their driving skills. That makes me sure. a little nervous. That definitely <laughs> makes me a little I, nervous. I, I bet the ones that are hired here are sort of VIP bus drivers. You know, yeah, not your average. It's um, a five-star experience. They have to have five-star bus drivers on a bus, nonetheless. I just really wonder how the Wagyu beef cheek is made. Is I imagine it is, but do we have any idea, uh, any notion of how much a ticket would cost if we could get one? Uh, uh, it's all filled out. I'm not seeing it right here. And is it like the city bus transportation company or a private group? It's a, it's a, it's on? a private city bus. So this is a whole company called the Taipei Restaurant Bus. How, is it just one bus, or is it like a fleet? It's a fleet. It's about a. It's a fleet of buses. I think they said there's a three buses, and they're thinking about adding a fourth. Hmm. So that is, you know, if if I mean, there's there's the Napa wine train in California. You can eat on in trains. Actually, there's a Hello Kitty train in Taiwan where you can yeah. also sightsee. Well, I feel like the rails are much smoother than our local roads. Uh, <laughs> well, this will be more, a test, right? This will be a, a test. Quieter experience. No honking. No <laughs> honking. Just, no traffic jams. Um, we're That's gonna an see. Idea. Actually, there's an idea, right, John? So like rush hour traffic. 
in Taipei is horrendous. It can be. So what are you going to do if this sightseeing bus gets caught up? Like, do in you have traffic jam small? Maybe they maybe they time dessert? it. Like, <laughs> true, true. Because they're like, oh, sorry, guys, there's a fender Have another moist towelette. Have another moist towelette <laughs> and a raspberry madeline. Anyone care for some fresh mints? Uh, yeah, so that's what's I'd going be, on. If it's not too expensive, I'd try it. Would you try it? Yeah. Like I said, Mondays is for corporates, right? So I'm going to talk to RTI and be like, get me I mean, on that restaurant. if you wear a suit, bus. they won't know. Yeah, that's fair enough. You can make right. your own business cards that say anything uh, you want. <laughs> yes, I'm here to... Uh, yeah, I should have my food reviewer of business cards. I'm like, yes, I'm here to see... Uh, how your bus fare is, <laughs> in both sense of the words. Don't you know me? I'm a, I'm a, the Duchess of, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, let me see if I can find the price for this thing. So, John, I found another follow-up story, and okay. they said it's 90 minutes for afternoon tea and two hours for desserts. I don't know that we have... I'm too sorry for dinner. I'm sorry I said dessert. I don't know. What, what would... We've only seen a handful of sites. So how are you going to... I guess traffic, right? How, that's how you're going to fill I two can hours. Get, yeah, I can get stuck in two hours for uh, in Taipei traffic for two hours. Easy, man. Yeah. Real easy. Uh, you have bad luck with traffic in general. You were once caught in a Costco parking lot for an entire afternoon. That so. was insane, John. <laughs> I, I, think, I, was, I think you have a particular uh, bad luck with traffic. I can't even tell you how scared I was. So we got uh, any prices or more sites? Let me take a look. This is... Uh, so right now, it's... Starting from eighteen hundred new Taiwan dollars, so that's, that's well. Given the amount of food you're given, that's actually not bad. I don't even. And then that's ooh. like that's like a, a couple hundred, two hundred ish. Uh, as far as people, as far as uh, yes. new t- uh, Taiwan uh, American dollars go, this is about seventy U.S. dollars. I feel like for the amount for the quality of the food you're going to be getting, that's that's definitely fair. I'm still apprehensive about the fact that the quality of that food is made in a bus. <laughs> I, I would like to see the kitchen. I would like it, to see the kitchen. Maybe they prepared it, like, did all the prep work somewhere else. So here's and then a, they just bring it on the bus and then do the finishing touches there. Maybe you're right. Yeah, that's probably it. Uh, it just it doesn't seem like a very practical thing to me. Um, so here's the thing. I have the more extensive menu. You okay. have the brioche and the roast beef. You have uh, raspberry tarts, brownies, macar- uh, pistachio macaroons, macarons, macaron. <laughs> Uh, That's the what French, the president of France. The, fr- the French service is right there, so I'm going to try right. and do my most uh, accurate. So, um, any more sites though? Or I really don't. So far, the bus route that <laughs> not really a very appealing bus route. Taipei 101. It doesn't really say. It just says take it. So they're not really tr- they're not really selling the travel part. No, it's all the food that's the main no. attraction. So let's and the see, novelty John. of eating it on a bus. We have uh, you go to Taipei City Hall and then you go around that downtown Taipei area. It looks like you're only confined to the. Di- wow. Do you just drive in the circles over and over? It just goes in one. If you missed it the first time, here is Taipei 101 again. I think it does, John. And now from a this, different angle. This is not a very comprehensive map from what I'm seeing. I can see the route map, too. I yeah. don't know. Why, I, why for that price and that much hassle, why not just go to a restaurant? Maybe you just want Meals on Wheels? This is why we're not salespeople. Yeah, this is why we're not. But, yeah, this is this is like, this is someone's commute, this, tra- this trail. That would be, actually, if they had a route that came by from my house over this way, I would, I would definitely... Sample some finger foods yeah. along my my route. Some tapas. Maybe. That would be nice. I wouldn't mind that. Yeah. I'd, I'd pay extra for that service. Let's see how that goes. All right. Well, I don't know. There's a maybe a future report for Taiwan Insider in the making. Do we 
got any comments coming in? Yeah, we have uh, Nazir Aziz asking what the GDP of Taiwan is. And actually, I'm kind of curious, so I'm going to take a look really quickly. All right. While what? you're doing that, yeah. um, it's kind of a national sport in Taiwan, not, not really baseball. It's more a matter of how many people can you shove on a single scooter. And the most I have seen is four people and a dog. That's but, a lot. But this has dash cam footage has surprised even Taiwanese people who've seen everything. Like I've seen people carrying like whole office furniture on their scooters. I've seen I've seen some pretty scary stuff on scooters. Yeah. People will like they modify them, like, their camels. scooters into trucks. Like I've seen like uh, a scooter modified with a flatbed on the back and it's yeah. just carrying a bunch of stuff. Well, this is probably if there was a championship for this, uh, the winner, uh, a dash cam footage that surfaced recently has shown a family of six crammed on a scooter. Six people. Huh. Now, no dogs. Usually the dogs ride in the front on the leash, which is dangerous. If you stop suddenly, that's not great. That's a lot of people. But, um, yeah, uh, it was one single 150cc scooter uh, on December 7th. This was posted to, I didn't know these existed, a dash cam footage sharing platform. I didn't I, know that. I thought that that was just like YouTube. I thought, yeah, Facebook, YouTube. No, there's a special one called Wow Chout, as in watch out, but wow at the beginning. And it was posted there, and it's in Taipei, and there's the two kids in the front on the dad's lap, one on each leg. The dad is steering, steering and looking over them. And then uh, there's two more children wedged directly behind the father with the mother holding on on the back and holding a bag of drinks in one hand. What? All but one of them was wearing helmets. That's still not great. All six really should have been. Yeah. Um, the Taipei City Police don't seem interested, even though this is not definitely not legal. That is not. Um, they can only carry you? two people, and it's definitely a violation of the law. They could face fines of oh, that's not a very, not big a, a big deterrent. Up to six hundred NT dollars. That's less than thirty dollars US. Yeah, that's not that much. And it's rarely apparently enforced if you have kids with you. That's what uh. That's what this article says. Um, and it's only repeat offenders and those who refuse to listen to police warnings that get fined, that actually get the fine. So there's really not much of a deterrent, you know, nothing to dissuade people. Um, but yeah, people, uh, even Taiwanese people who've seen it all, have been really uh, shocked by the ability to cram that many people. That's uh, a lot, man. What's that's, the craziest thing you've seen on a scooter? That's a, this, this would be it. The craziest thing I've seen on a scooter is um actually my friend was visiting from the united states and he came and then the first thing he saw upon walking outside of my house was a, a family of five on the scooter just zoom past him five that's impressive that's impressive but they, six is so i haven't seen the photo are they or the footage are they small children you're looking at it right now i'm looking at the picture they don't look very small they look like pretty full-grown they look like four or five year olds man like they, not they got small some size children. to them yeah they're not toddlers one on each leg just seems very... And then two more squished in the back. Wow, I wonder where they're going, dude. Is this like a family road trip? Or... <laughs> it looks like it. Uh, yeah, the, the, the craziest thing I've ever seen was like a full, weight oversized like Ikea furniture thing hanging off the back. Yeah. Like there's one person in front and then the big cabinet or whatever it was they were carrying, that some kind of furniture. And then the person in the back was like trying... Yeah, you're gonna take some people on both sides out. I've it's... seen some people pull off some very impressive feats of balance when they're yeah. trying to like put stuff on on scooters. Like it, it'll extend. Like you, there's there's always a law that that prohibits how far you can extend out. But I've seen like people going shoes. way over that. Yeah, 
Bam- I, oh yeah, like big stalks of bamboo. Yeah, yeah. Just like I was just like, this is like a trapeze art form. This should be <laughs> in a circuit. Yeah, it's like tightrope walking. This should be very. This should be in a circus somewhere. That's that's fascinating. So that's the record to beat uh, if you're looking to take part in this very dangerous national Taiwanese pastime. Yeah, Six this, people. You're right. This is a national pastime. <laughs> Did you ever find out what our GDP is, by the way? Yes, I found out what our GDP is. It is about 665 billion U.S. dollars for 2020. Okay. So that's I, I we don't we didn't break a trillion, but that's apparent. That's pretty impressive, I think. Yeah. Well, I we only been... have 23 million people. We're not like a, the world's most populous. You're right. Yeah. All right. Uh, an update on the story we did last week about uh, I believe it was the health minister himself who promised that uh. Yeah people who were uh, migrant workers who'd left their employees illegally, who'd gone on the run, and uh, other visa overstayers could get vaccinated for COVID without any repercussions. Uh, And then uh, it says that a Filipino migrant worker was arrested on Tuesday. Uh, So they didn't keep their word very well. That's unfortunate. She went to a Shinju health center to get vaccinated. And uh, it says, though, that she was later released, but... uh, that's it's concerning. I think it was a mix-up. I guess it says here that some police officers weren't aware that they weren't supposed to arrest. Oh, really? There's been very apparently it's a matter of very poor communication. That's unfortunate. Yeah, it's it, it is a bit of a challenge though because um, the thing is like how do you give them their vaccine cards when they don't have a, a valid ID? Yeah, you know the, the, we all get these cards that said I've been vaccinated afterwards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you what do you do? That's a lot of people to worry about, too, because as of the end of October, they estimate that uh, there was over 54,000 migrant workers who had uh, left their employers and just gone missing in Taiwan. Oh, wow. So it's le- it's about 0.2% of Taiwan's population. These unvaccinated workers still are a potential you know, gap in our efforts to build up herd immunity here. Mm. And uh, so, yeah, uh, the... the <laughs> The National Immigration Agency has their own ideas, uh, th- different than the health ministry. They say that missing migrant workers now won't, will not be investigated while they're getting vaccinated, but if they're caught on an, if they're caught another on, not, on another day or doing something else, they still will be. So you just have amnesty for the day you get yeah, vaccinated, I guess. It looks like it. The real, I think, in addition to genuine concerns over having achieving you know as much herd immunity as possible it also says in this article that our immigration detention centers are like at bursting oh. the reason being that uh, a lot of flights are not available or not operating normally or reduced frequency oh so they're waiting like so like to deport people is taking forever yeah they've even like decreased the uh you know, the, the reward that they give immigration officers and police for catching illegal migrant workers <laughs> because, like, there's just no space to put them in detention centers. I don't know. Wow. Um, so I, it says that uh, one idea to try and prevent mix-ups like these, these in the future is to have NGOs and religious groups, I guess different churches, mm. to sort of... There's 18 of them that the Ministry of Labor is working with to figure out you know, at, make contact with some of these people and figure out how many of them would like to get vaccinated. Mm-hmm. Then, after they've compiled a list and if they have enough demand, the organizations will arrange for medical workers to go to them, to uh-huh. their churches or whatever, and the vaccination will happen there instead of at a public health center where the police may be around. Oh, wow. Wow. It really merits this entire whole thing, huh? 
Yeah, and then uh, they're going to get temporary special ID numbers that it will only be used, it says, not to track the workers, but to, you know, keep track of their vaccination status. So, I gu- yeah, I guess, I guess. Yeah, there just needs to be a lot more, uh, I guess, communication. It says that uh, it's a, there's a bit of confusion. He made a... In addition to the 54,000 or so migrant workers, there are, there's also about 1,600 foreign nationals who were in Taiwan illegally who had been vaccinated as of Tuesday. So we're making a small dent. Uh, yeah, it's, 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 it's just really unfortunate that there's, this was a big announcement where the health minister was just like, we're not going to come after you. It was the following so day. So come out. And the next day, it, this is a... This is a you'd think... That if we heard it, the government agencies would also be privy to this I fact. no one sent out a, a memo. I guess not. Either that or they didn't stamp it on time because you know Taiwan. And oh, gov- yeah, we're very bureaucratic. And the bureaucracy <laughs> loves its stamps. Mm. So it doesn't really count until... Until it's been, it's been officially stamped. stamped. Yeah. We got any more queries, questions, or comments? Uh, yeah, we have Nazir Z says, It's severe fog out since last night I'm, at, I'm in my bed. Well, that's, I would love to be in my own bed, Nazir. That's, I'm very <laughs> well, envious. Here it's, an, it's a beautiful summery day, actually. Yeah, actually. It's, it's odd. I think there's a typhoon uh, out there somewhere. Clear blue skies, nice sunshine. It's a good day to be up and about. Nazir Aziz asks, is there Wi-Fi service available in buses or elsewhere? I think there are. In um, Well, there definitely is on the metro. Yeah. I, do, I just, it's, I don't think it's very reliable. It's not always the yeah. best, though. Um, Hero Josim says, good morning from Bangladesh. Thank you so much for your nice program. Well, thank you for listening, Hero. Uh, Gulam Rasul Salvi wrote in Arabic. Uh, he says, Google Translate to the rescue. Peace, Mary, and blessing of Allah to you all. And then, um, and Nazir Aziz asks, what is the penalty after warning and fines over violations, traffic violations? Traffic violations. Um, They're not very... Enforcement is patchy. It is. And and if you do get... Um, well, you're a driver. I, I don't have... I don't drive here. Yeah, if you, you do them. get penalized, it is more of a what's slap your, on the your wrist. What's your experience? It's... it's, it's well, it's it's really a roll of the dice. Have you is gotten what, a ticket? Huh? Have you gotten I've tickets? gotten... I've, I haven't gotten like a speeding ticket yet. I've gotten tickets for... Oh man, I don't know if I should be admitting this, but I've gotten tickets for making turns when I shouldn't have, like a left turn. But like some intersections in Taiwan are very specific. They're like you can only make turns between two hours of the day. Yeah, the rules are a bit funny yeah. sometimes. And then the, there's like non-moving violations where you get ticketed for like parking in places on the side of the road. But you know, like you said, enforcement is very patchy, <laughs> so a lot of people do it. If you walk down and you see like a bunch of cars. Wow parked against the red line it's it's a real problem actually this morning near me they started a big uh road reconstruction project so all these illegally parked people <laughs> suddenly found themselves yeah you're and your your place is is very dense yeah it's it's terrifying if if you tell me i need to go drive around where you, your neighborhood i'm just like i'm gonna take I'm a taxi gonna take a taxi yeah that's <laughs> uh, for the best anyway all right, well, that just about does it for today's edition of Here in Taiwan. Thanks to everyone who joined us and left a comment. We'll look forward to seeing you next time. I'm John Van Trieste. And I'm Leslie Leo. Don't go anywhere just yet, because coming up next, it is Newsmakers and in the Spotlight.
Newsmakers, a look at Taiwan's movers and shakers. Hello and welcome to Newsmakers. In today's edition, we take a look at one of Taiwan's foremost diplomats and the current head of the Taipei Economic and Cultural Representative Office in the United States, Xiao Bi Kim. This organization is Taiwan's de facto embassy in the United States, making Xiao Taiwan's primary envoy in the U.S. Xiao was in the spotlight this week as she was one of two representatives alongside Taiwan's digital minister Audrey Tang at the U.S.-organized 2021 Summit for Democracy. But before we get to that event, let's take a look at Xiao herself. Xiao Bi Kim or Xiao Meiqin in Mandarin, with the former being the pronunciation of her name in Taiwanese Hokkien, was born in 1971 in Kobe, Japan, to a Taiwanese father and an American mother. She spent her childhood in Taiwan's southern city of Tainan before moving to the United States for college. She graduated from Oberlin College with a degree in East Asian Studies and continued her education at Columbia University where she obtained a master's degree in political science. While in the United States, Xiao became politically active and served at the Democratic Progressive Party representative office in the U.S. as an activity coordinator. She remained affiliated with the party after returning to Taiwan and became the party's international representative, which involved attending multiple international events for years to come. Because of her background, as well as bilingualism, she was tapped as an interpreter and advisor to President Chen Shui-bian in 2000. That appointment sparked controversy because of Xiao's dual Taiwanese and American citizenship. To conform with the Civil Servants Employment Law passed that same year, she consequently renounced her U.S. citizenship. In late 2001, Xiao was elected to the Legislative Yuan, Taiwan's parliament, for the first time. She was a supplementary member, representing overseas constituencies. This was in line with her background in international relations. She was re-elected to the Legislative Yuan in 2004, but she did not get a nomination from the DPP in the subsequent elections in 2008. Some speculate that it was the result of her loyalty to the party being brought into question in the run-up to the elections by more die-hard party members. Xiao returned to the Legislative Yuan in 2012 and successfully ran for re-election in 2016, representing Hualien County. After two terms, she lost her seat to an independent candidate in 2020. Though she was no longer a legislator, she remained in politics as a National Security Council advisor and was appointed as Taiwan's representative to the United States the same year. With the United States being an important partner for Taiwan, despite its policy of strategic ambiguity, the head of the Taipei Economic and Cultural Representative Office in Washington is a crucial position in Taiwanese politics. Xiao was the first woman to receive that appointment. Xiao talked about being a woman in Taiwanese politics during an interview she gave with RTI in May this year. Well, um, I think women in Taiwan have come a long way in terms of the fight for gender equality. Uh, when I was first elected in 2001 um, in the national legislature, uh, we were just over 20 percent women. And um, now, as you said, we're 42 percent. Uh, so we have really come a long way. And I think the um, there, there certainly have been many challenges, including uh, traditional uh, prejudices and expectations of the role of women uh, that have uh, kind of restricted uh, public support and also sometimes even private family support for women's uh, political participation. Uh, but I think we have had a lot of you know, uh, movers and shakers in terms of breaking that glass ceiling and that has inspired uh, many more women uh, I have personally been inspired in my own political career by women who came before me, uh, who had a harder time than I did 
in uh, breaking that glass ceiling and in overcoming um, public prejudices and expectations of the role of women. And so I think now that we have a more prominent role, not only in politics, but in business, in art, and in, 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 in sports, in many areas um, uh, of public life in Taiwan, um, I, I think you know, we, we, we certainly want to highlight the fact that respect for diversity, the respect for uh, gender equality um, is something that also contributes to progress in our economy and in our politics in general. And um, I, I think this aspect is something that we also uh, try to share with our other friends and partners around the world. And we're very proud of, of where we've come. I think there's still a lot we need to do uh, in terms of continuing the advancement of gender equality, but uh, we, we have to recognize that we have come a long way. Xiao was also the first Taiwanese envoy to the United States to be invited to a U.S. presidential inauguration, that of Joe Biden, since President Jimmy Carter cut ties with Taiwan in 1979. In a video she tweeted from the event, she can be seen standing against the backdrop of the Capitol building in Washington, saying, democracy is our common language and freedom is our common objective. Xiao aims to counter China's aggressive wolf warrior diplomacy with her brand of cat warrior diplomacy. Xiao is a known cat lover and took four of her furry companions along with her to Washington. One of President Tsai Ing-wen's cats, Think Think, was rescued by Xiao from a muddy road by a railway station near Hualien following Typhoon Saola. Last week, Xiao Bikim was one of Taiwan's two representatives at the U.S.-organized Summit for Democracy. It was a rare occurrence for a Taiwanese ambassador to appear alongside American leaders. The U.S. proclaims devotion to the ideals of freedom and democracy, as well as its commitment to standing with its like-minded allies, but Taiwanese diplomats have been frequently shunned in the past in the name of appeasing Taiwan's undemocratic neighbor, China. That brings us to the end of this week's edition of Newsmakers. Join me next week for another look at Taiwan's movers and shakers.
Ladies and gentlemen, here's Shirley Lin with In the Spotlight. Welcome to In the Spotlight. I'm Shirley Lin at Radio Taiwan International. Jenna Tata is from Syria, but she's been in Taiwan for a long, long time. Uh, she's a logistician at Compass Ocean Logistics. Last week, we talked about her life, why she is in Taiwan, and about her field in logistics. Today, we're going to talk about this Women in Logistics Club that she's launching. So let's get to this logistics club. Right. Yeah. Why did you decide to start this? Well, um, and what does it do? Okay. <laughs> Um, I started this because I noticed that uh, there are not many women in this industry. Mm. And the few that are in this industry uh, actually know each other. They're Taiwanese. So, not Taiwanese uh, on oh. an international level. Because I oh, mentioned oh. earlier, I travel a lot. Okay. So I have to go to these conferences and meetings. Mm -hmm. So um, you can see when you walk into the room full of people, it's just all men. It's an all boys club. Mm. And so when you're a woman and you're young, you walk in. It's like shark attack, <laughs> right? Yeah. And then I'm always there in the room looking for oh, where are all the women. Mm. Um, so when I am having conversations and exchanging ideas and um, what, what what they're doing on their side of the world, it seems like we have the same issues, let's mm. say, or um, lack of opportunities. Mm -hmm. There's no equality. Mm. So, and um, even here in Taiwan, I don't know many women in this industry. Mm. The few that I know I'm close with. So I thought, hey, um, our life can't be like this. I see my colleagues. I look at my colleagues, for example. They're at work all the time. They're workaholics. Yeah. And I tell them, you can't do this to your health. Are you they need to single? make a change. No, some of them are married with kids. Okay. And they're always the first ones in the office, like uh -huh. early morning mm -hmm. and leave like what, to 9, 10 p.m. Oh. I'm like, why are you doing this to yourself? Mm. It's not necessary. Maybe because they're slow. Uh, I didn't want to <laughs> say that. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> right. Yeah. But um, so I thought, you know, uh, I could do something to help them out, you know, make them realize that life is not all about work. How many people do you supervise? About 10. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. But that's Taipei branch. And yeah. are they all women or half, half? Yeah, all men. All women. All women. Oh, yes, okay. Yes. yes. Um, okay. Embracing the women power in yeah. my office. <laughs> Great. Yes. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, I told them like, uh, like lunchtime, don't keep working. They keep working while eating. And mm. I thought we, this is, <laughs> it's a very Taiwanese thing to do. Exactly. And I'm trying to change that. Mm. Right. So I've told them at lunchtime, go for a walk. Mm -hmm. Like I, I actually started taking them out to, to like coffee breaks. Like oh. let's go out for a walk and have coffee or lunch outside, mm -hmm. you know, feel the air get some sunlight, mm, mm. you know, change the way you live. Mm -hmm. You know, you can keep doing this to yourself. It's not healthy for you. Yeah. And this is why you start getting sick, you know, out of a sudden. Mm, mm. Yeah. And then, you know, idea after idea, it started to build into something. And I thought, hey, imagine if I'm sitting here at work and I had like a personal manicurist. She came to the office and while I'm on the phone, she did my nails. How cool would that be? <laughs> right. And then, uh -huh. you know, idea after idea, I start to brainstorm. And I thought, hey, nobody's done this. I did some research. There are not many groups, associations, or clubs for women in this industry. Are so there thought, men's mm. logistics clubs? I haven't seen. Okay. But there are networks and clubs for the logistics industry. Oh, okay. There's many of those. But, but there's nothing. Men. Yeah, uh, th there's nothing dedicated to the women. 
Mm. And I'm thinking also like, okay, what can I do to help them make their life easier or make them enjoy, uh, have a social life, mm. right? So yeah, that's where all my ideas start to build together and I formed the club. So now if you go on the website, you can see that I have um, broken it down to four different categories. Okay. So we have like her care. So that's the section in my club where you take care of yourself. For example, I'll tell you where you should go to, you know, you know, beauty up. So it's more like a information giving platform. Not just information giving. You're offering the service as well. Oh. Yeah. I'm offering the service as well. So oh, okay. let's say I've partnered up with a nail salon. I'll tell you, okay, go to her. First of all, she'll take good care of you. She'll uh, have, you have a discount. This is a very different club I'm, I'm You're picturing. picturing, <laughs> right. <laughs> so that's the hair, her care part. Mm. And then we have like her education. That's oh. where I'll be focusing on hosting seminars or uh, lectures and talks to let more women in Taiwan know what's going on in this industry outside of Taiwan. For example, did you know that there are female captains of vessels? I'm sure they are. Right. And But you wouldn't think that there yeah. are um, crew workers who are women on, on the ships. Mm. But there are. Uh -huh. You just uh -huh. don't know about it because no. no one has ever mentioned it. I, I know more about female pilots, you know, but, yeah. but not, yeah. But right. they're also captains and okay. crew members. Okay. So when I started to look more into that on social media, I found and they have accounts and everything. And they're also trying to do the same thing. Oh. So how nice would it be if we grouped all these women together? Yeah, true, true. Right. And let's say, let's look at young people mm -hmm. who are studying um, something related to shipping or logistics mm -hmm. in college. And they don't know what, you know, what their future job going to be. So here are more opportunities that to share with you. You don't have to sit in an office job. You can go and be a crew member. Mm. Imagine traveling the world on a vessel. Yeah, that would be nice. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, traveling is on my bucket list. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so doing it on a ship would be very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yes. You said four categories. Yes. You just named so, two, I think. Yeah. To education. All right. And education. then uh, we have yeah. her care, her education, her fun. 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 Yes. Of course. So this is where we have to let go of everything and, you know, have a good time. So here I'll be hosting, for example, like ladies night. Uh -huh. We all gather once a week on a, you know, Friday night or something. Seriously? Once yeah. a week? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Wow. Why that not? keeps you busy. Yeah. But okay. <laughs> so we would go out for a drink or have a tea time uh -huh. or something just to gather us together. Because I realized when you have chats with these women, we you know, brainstorm and have ideas, then uh -huh. we get to create more business. Yeah. So just because we're having fun, it doesn't mean we can't do any business together. Right. You actually right? can become more productive. Yes, you can be. Yeah. Sharing ideas. Yeah. And exchanging thoughts. Right. Wow. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Because it's happened to me. I go out for tea time or lunch with someone and then, oh, she gave me an idea. I thought of an idea. Uh -huh. And then we join it together and there's a business deal. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. And then you jot down the napkins, right? Yeah. <laughs> Usually right. that's what happens. Well, now you're on the phone. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yes. Okay. And so then is the fourth one? The fourth one. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's been a while it's since I've spoken about it. <laughs> oh, you should. Yeah. A good thing that you were, we're having you talk about this. Yeah. Yeah. yeah mm. Because of COVID, you know, everything uh -huh. I had to stop. Oh. I didn't even get to do a launch party. Oh, true. That's the next thing I'm going to do. Oh, a launch party. Yes. I'm yeah. going to launch the club officially oh, cool. and invite all the people who yeah. are, in, you know, related yeah. to it. Oh, that is so cool. So I don't get invited. Of course you do. <laughs> <laughs> Just because I interviewed you? <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so education, care, her care, her education, her care, her fun, 
Yeah, you just can't remember what's the fourth yes, one. But anyway, okay, we'll I'll get, get to, to it. that. Yeah. <laughs> You're listening to In the Spotlight with Shirley Lin. I'm speaking with Jenna Tata, a logistician at Compass Ocean Logistics. Looks like what you're doing is really great, and you seem to be Thank enjoying you. it, even yes. though your job is so you know so under pressure and it everything. It is. It is sometimes. But you seem to really be enjoying it. What more the reason why I need this because oh, yeah, my job true. is so much under pressure. Yeah. Yeah. If you I know. I can get into more details, if you you know hear more, you were asking me earlier what entails a day of in yeah. the job of myself. Yeah. I would tell you that besides doing operations, I have to also worry about the company's money because what, you're the you're the we, finance person. No, the I'm not the CFO. N- no, I'm not the <laughs> CFO, but I also have to help out. Oh yeah, the finance department to make sure that everybody's paying on time. Oh okay. So that alone is a huge burden, right? Especially in these days with COVID times, yeah. it was terrible. Uh, People used excuses like, oh, the bank is closed. Uh, We're in okay. lockdown. Uh-huh. I can't get to the bank. And then you're here thinking, I thought there's e-banking now. You can do everything over your phone. True. But people use these excuses to delay your payments. Uh, and then you have to keep chasing them and chasing them. And it's like, you owe me money. How, how oh, come yeah, it's me that, chasing you? Right. It's an annoying part. It is very job. annoying, yeah. But it's also probably one of the most important part of your Job, yes, actually. yes. And then I don't know if you've read the news, you know that the supply chain is a mess right now. Yeah. The vessels are all stuck in the port. There's oh, poor right. congestions. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah, so there's not enough vessels because everything's going to the US and Europe. Like uh-huh. I'm talking about from Asia. And then the vessels are getting stuck here, due to, stuck there on yeah. the ports due to COVID. Uh, nobody's operating the ports. Yeah. And, you know, now in the U.S., there's about like 70. Oh, well, the numbers, it keeps changing. Okay. Between 70 and 80 vessels Just waiting in line. And in the meantime, yeah. there could be food and things that spoil in there, right? Yes, definitely. If it's not in refrigerated containers, things oh, can no. spoil or get expired. I know. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and terrible. the transit time from like uh, China, let's say, or Taiwan to the U.S., about 15 days. Uh-huh. So every 15 days is a vessel and they're just going there and waiting in line. And they're yeah. still stuck there still stuck it and you know i don't know if you've seen the news but um they've uh the president has announced that you if you don't get your container out quickly i'm gonna fine you a hundred dollars a day oh yeah oh, that's terrible sure wow mm-hmm. now this is amazing you know all these things that has to do with logistics or not but uh you know i'm learning yeah, it so affects much us it affects us you know on a daily life basis right because now if the cargo is not coming in then you're not getting your product mm, i know right yeah. you know if you notice there's a lot of things missing in the right and both ends are unhappy both ends know? yes right the supplier yes. and the receiver or whatever mm-hmm. you've pretty much grew up here in taiwan yes Say one thing that you really like about Taiwan, like promote Taiwan to the world. Promote. You know, you can really say you're a Taiwanese. <laughs> True, but uh, it's sad to say that I don't get uh, perceived as a Taiwanese. Right, I know, I yeah, know. Yeah, I but, hope that mm-hmm. I can be seen as a Taiwanese one day. Yeah. But so far, I'm, you know, that hasn't happened yet. Mm. I'm still a foreigner, uh, seen as a foreigner. If I speak Chinese, people are like, how come you speak Chinese? Why are you here? Uh-huh. Sometimes you just want to, um, you know, record these questions and then play, you know, the record button because <laughs> they get so repeated. Just, yeah, just repeat it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, so, yeah, what's one thing that you mm. want to promote Taiwan? One thing that you really like about Taiwan? You're glad to be part of anything. Very tricky question. I would yeah. say that um, Taiwan is a very friendly place. I'm mm-hmm. very happy to live here and have grown up here. There is not much negative to say about the country itself or the people. 
It's just sometimes uh, the Taiwanese people could be more open-minded to things mm. and uh, open to change. Open I could to say change. that because yeah. uh, though the international community is growing here, uh, but it's not very foreign-friendly. For uh-huh. example, a lot of the things are still in Chinese. Uh-huh. Basic yeah, things know. like you know bills, phone bills, um, electric bills. Uh, even banking systems, everything uh-huh. is still in Chinese. Yeah, they're just now talking about you know doing things bilingual, but it's yes. already so late. I know, I know. Right, even though I speak the language, yeah. I don't read and write fluently, mm. so it's still a hassle for me to you know mm. get things personally done. I know, and yeah. we're saying that we want to become a bilingual country by the year 2030. It's a bit late. <laughs> It is a bit late, but I, I even still wonder if it's really going to happen. Right. Because things are just slow. They need to have some examples. I'm sure they have a lot of examples from other countries, but they're mm. not. Well, anyway, I'm not part of the government, so I have no idea. What, yes. I don't have a say, I suppose. Mm. So, but um, it's really been exciting just hearing about you know your job. And what you, you do, mm-hmm. and as and the fact that you're a woman in this position, right? You know, and and I think you were saying that you hope that Thomas people will be more open to change. Yeah. Well, you're starting to change with the Women in Logistics Club. Exactly. Yeah. And I, I hope it, more people will get to know about it and join. Well, we need more Jenna like you. Oh, okay? thank you. <laughs> yeah, doing this kind of thing. So yeah. this is, I think, um, we we appreciate the fact that you are part of the community here and trying to make a change. I think、um, I think you're setting a great example, so、Thanks. hopefully people would catch on. Yeah, I hope so. Yeah. Okay. Well, enjoy your job. I mean, I, I know you, you do. I think you're handling very well. Yes, I love my job. Even with all the with, with all, all the, the pressure,、stress. right? With all the stress. Yeah. Yes. Yes. It's really great knowing you and learning、Thank、so you much so from much. you. Actually, I want just wanted to add one thing. I、yeah. think I like my job, even though it's high pressured. It's、yeah. because every day you're facing a new topic. Every day it's a new challenge. It's not like repetitive. Yeah. You're not、uh. just sitting at a desk looking through your emails. You know,、right. every day it's something new. Yeah, that's why I enjoy it. What do you mean by every day there's something new? It's I something mean, you're always like me- like meeting with different crises every day. Yes, of course. You, I mean, there's- sometimes there's crises that occur that you wouldn't even think it would happen. Really? Yes. Great. It was really, really a lot of fun talking to you, Jenna.、Thank、I learned、you. so much about Glad logistics. Glad to be here. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks so much. Thank you for tuning in to Radio Taiwan International, Taiwan's national broadcaster. We hope you enjoyed our programs. You can catch all of our latest news, audio, and video features on our website at en.rti.org.tw. Again, go to our website en.rti.org.tw for engaging news, videos, and programs about Taiwan. If you like to hang out on social media, RTI is there too. Our Facebook URL is Radio Taiwan International, and you can watch our engaging video features, including the weekly news magazine program Taiwan Insider, on our YouTube channel, RTI English. Again, our YouTube channel is RTI English. 
For those who enjoy the Twitter sphere, our handle for Taiwan Insider is at Taiwan Insider. For RTI English, it's at Radio Taiwan underscore ENG. And if you'd like to enjoy us on your smartphone, just download our app RTI to go. That's one of the best ways to enjoy all our news, videos, and programs. That's RTI to go. If you're a shortwave listener, we have two channels in Asia. For South Asia, tune into 6100 kilohertz from 1600 to 1700 UTC. To Southeast Asia, you can hear us on 15320 kilohertz from 0300 to 0400 UTC. We would love to know what you think of our programs. Email us at english at rti.org.tw. Thank you again for tuning in to Radio Taiwan International.